You're listening to the Scuba Path Podcast with your host, Christian Chu. Get ready to dive in with our guests as we discover how they became a professional in the dive industry. We'll hear all about when they decided to take the plunge and follow their passion towards their goal of becoming a professional in the dive industry. The pool's open. Let's dive in and meet today's guest. Welcome to the Scuba Path Podcast. We've got Ashley and Ren Chapman with us here today, and they are free diving. Uh, well, Ashley's a, a two-time world record free diving champion, and, and she can correct me where I make mistakes there. But together they have, uh, Ren and Ashley together have evolved free diving, and they train us how to free dive. And uh, so we want to talk to them today about how they got started where they are now and kind of that whole journey. Welcome to the show, guys. It's great to have you. Okay, cool. Um, thank you, first of all. I am Ashley Chapman, and um, yeah, I'm a three-time world record holder in a certain discipline of freediving, which I think we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, I also have 10 national records in the sport, um, four of them, well, in four different disciplines, across four different disciplines, which I'll also talk to you a little bit about later. And uh, my name is Ren Chapman, and um, we uh, we got into this uh, diving. I, I personally got into it very, very young. My father was a scuba instructor at the local university, University of North Carolina at Wilmington, and, um, and currently still is. And uh, so he put me in a situation of diving very, very early. Um, at six years old, I had a, he had built this little pony bottle, which was a former O2 bottle. He took some hose clamps, wrapped around it, and hooked some, some weight belt straps to it, made, and was able to strap it to me. And this was the days where you had the BC, the buoyancy compensator that kind of went around. It was like a ring that went around your neck, through your legs, and around your back. Um, so it was, it was pretty old school. And, um, you know, I kind of went through school and everything, and um, I was a baseball player. So I played baseball through college, and kind of um, after college, I started my own business. It's called Complete Playgrounds. Uh, and um, we started, I, m- I met a gentleman who was, who was free diving, or actually he was getting into scuba. He was, he was scuba diving and spearfishing, and I was like, you know, that would be a lot of fun to, to get back and do some scuba diving. And I'd, I'd kind of gotten away from scuba or gotten away from ocean, period, besides just fishing on the surface. And um, he and I got into it, and we were like, man, this is this is cool. Let's get back into it. And there were these group of guys here in town that were actually spearfishing via freediving. And uh, my buddy Joe Sheridan and I looked at each other, and we were like, man, this is the way to do it. So we kind of floundered around the whole summer from April until, until August or September or so, kind of floundering around barely hitting 50 feet and coming up and just really gasping for air and thinking we were completely out of out of air so we decided to go down and sign up for a course um, uh, a course put on by a company called performance freediving and we went down there to miami and we actually got blown out of the ocean so at the same time ashley was was having fun going out with us and and kind of uh, she's very competitive, so uh, you know she would always go out and compete with the guys, and she was spearfishing with the guys, and uh, it, a lot of fun. So um, when I when we went down and took the course, then Ashley kind of got a bug to do the course. So that that was in October. The following April, Ashley went down to the Cayman Islands with with Joe and I, 
to finish up our ocean portion of the class. And by the end of the course, Ashley was holding her breath over five minutes. Um, I was right at four and a half minutes. Joe was at five minutes. And and um, Joe, Joe, Joe dove to 118 feet. I dove to 121 feet. And Ashley dove to 122 feet. So that was about as close as, um, as I've been to Ashley in, in depth. And she'll tell you the rest of the, the rest of the, her story. So the way Ren tells it is a little different from how I remember it. Because, uh, you know, Ren is a little older than me. And uh, when we met and we were first doing this diving thing, it wasn't so much that I thought, wow, that looks like fun. Let's do that. It's more that he said, hey, you should try this. And at the time, you know, you're young and you're in love and, you know, whatever he said, I would do, basically. <laughs> let's go diving. Oh, okay, yeah, let's go diving. I didn't realize I could say no. <laughs> so I got tricked into doing it, kind of. And then when they went to take the class and came back and just would not stop talking about these results that they experienced in just four days, um, he told me, you know, if you're going to continue to do this, you must take the class because you have to be at least as safe as Joe and I are now because I think they really learned in the class how dangerous freediving can be if it's not done properly. Plus, they probably didn't think you'd be able to keep up with them now that they took this class, right? Obviously, Christian. You think I would have gotten an invitation if they knew I was going to be? I don't think so. Uh, but Ren has learned to be proud of me since, since then. Um, anyway, yeah, I took the class too, and one of the instructors you know, approached me. His name's Craig Gentry, and he said, hey, you have some natural talent. You should think about maybe competing. You know, the U.S. is going to Egypt this year for a world competition, and you should think about it. And at that time, again, young, there's a lot of ego, a lot of hubris going on. My head just blew up <laughs> as soon as he said that. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should compete. I had no clue what I was getting into. And I've since realized that he says this to all the students. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he hooked me, though. And I went and trained with him a little bit in Virginia and with PFI again. And um, that September, Ren and I went to Egypt, and I competed for the very first time as an alternate on the team. So I got to train with the team, and I was there just in case, but I didn't actually get to enter the competition. Uh, but I learned a lot. I went in five more days from 120 feet to 180 feet, and it was extremely addictive because, you know, Christian – you already know throughout your younger years if you're good at math or if you're the fast kid on, on the team or if you can jump really high or, you know, you're the smart one or whatever. You kind of have these pathways thrust upon you and you're and you have this predefined kind of image of who you are that's built up over time. And with freediving, you don't have that. Um, I didn't know that I could be maybe really good at something like that. I already knew I was mediocre at Ultimate Frisbee, and I was mediocre at some of these other sports. But then in the water, I had this whole um, this whole door open to a world that I didn't really know existed more than just a couple of years before that. So that became extremely addictive. I enjoyed the spearfishing, but I really connected with the competitive aspect. Like Ren said, I, I like sports. I like to compete. I like... Um, I like those things, so I stuck with it. Uh, we became instructors in 2009, and I started training um, to compete again 
you know, for and, and for the first time actually enter the uh, competition as an individual, not not with the team. But at this time, we had our normal jobs. Ren had that company he was talking about earlier, and I worked as an environmental consultant here in town. But, you know, Ren and I decided early on that we didn't really want to, and I know that how this sounds, and if my mom's listening, she's going to roll her eyes, but we didn't want to work for a living, <laughs> basically. We, we, you know, you got to work to make money and you got to do all these things, but we didn't want our life to be five o'clock traffic. You know, you go to work in the morning, you have your lunch break, you get off work, you go home, you eat dinner, you start the clock, it goes all over again. We just want us an adventure. Right. right. You um, want uh, to be able to wake up in the morning and be excited about what you're getting ready to do instead of hitting snooze. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't want to have to have an alarm because I wanted to wake up with the sun, you know, and just have this different. Uh, different kind of value system. And so we decided, you know, when we first met, we made a five-year plan. And at the end of the five-year plan was to buy a sailboat and leave and travel. And it took us six years. And that's what we did. And so in the meantime, though, I trained and I entered some competitions and I did okay and this and that. But then when we finally moved, bought a boat, moved on to the boat, started traveling, then I could train full time. We could teach classes and just really focus on, uh, on some depth and getting deeper. And, and that's what we did. And that's how it all happened. Then 2012 or 2012, I earned all three of my world records in one year in a discipline called constant weight, no fins. So that's swimming down as deep as you can, but without, without fins, you just kind of do this modified breaststroke as deep as you can go and, and come back up under your own power. And I really, that, that discipline resonated with me because, um, in the same way, and you don't know this yet, but hope you'll get to experience this soon. In the same way that, you know, scuba diving super exciting, but then when you shed the tanks and you put on these fins, you feel like you're more of a part of the environment instead of an observer. The fish interact with you differently. Uh, the sensations that you experience are different. When I took my fins off and, and didn't have that, in my way, I, I felt the water differently. And also, it's a really hard, it's a really hard discipline. So I wanted to go ahead and practice that one because I figured everything else would be easier if I just would get the hard one out of the way. Yeah, and that's a great philosophy. When I have a, a list of things to do, I usually try to knock out the hardest thing first. So, And, and with you being so competitive, I can certainly understand uh, going like, hey, well, I'll start with the hard one. Exactly. And it worked, too. It, it worked because I didn't I trained very little for the other disciplines and did pretty well because of starting with the no fins. Well, congratulations, by the way, on, on all that you uh, both have accomplished. It's pretty amazing uh, to have planned that out at a pretty young age and then stuck with it and to accomplish the, the goals that you already have accomplished. Thank you. It comes with sacrifice, though. I mean, and I'll let you talk here, Ren. I don't want to... Um, well, we're you know, we... Um... We we gave up all the luxuries of being on land, um, and we went camping. Is pretty much is what we what we do during our winters, is we go camping on our sailboat in a well in a small space. Our sailboat's nicer than camping. Well, yeah, it's nicer than camping, but that's what it is. And we we do sacrifice a lot, and we we eat a very strict diet. I mean, it's we we don't get the luxury meats and cheeses and things like that um, that you would get living uh in the states on land um but also living our lifestyle as as like kind of like professional free divers you can't eat those things they're they're not particularly good for the free diving lifestyle and the free diving diet and it because of this strict kind of 
style of living, which is very healthy and very rewarding, but very strict. I think uh, maybe God knew that we needed a break. So I got pregnant with Ani, and now I get to eat as much dairy as I want. (laughs) And another big congratulations there, too. I'd seen uh, where you guys were, I I think, trying to sell your other sailboat. And then I saw on on Facebook you guys had some pictures, uh, you know, with the baby and all. So taking her on an adventure, too, right? Oh yeah, she yeah. um she she is she's currently 15 months and we started cruising. We left North Carolina last year in February and she was um, four months. Yeah, three or four. Four, four months old and uh, sailed through all the way through the Bahamas down to the Cayman Islands, all the way down to Roatan, Honduras, back up to Mexico and then um, up to Key West um, with the baby. So it was a that was a fun experience too. So cool. It was so fun during that six day passage that we decided we were never going to do it again on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> so was there an upgrade? We we have um, we we found a a, a trimaran uh, which is a little more stable. It doesn't lean over, and it's um, a little spa- more spacious. And there's lots of places to store our fins and dive gear and. Um, just a little more comfortable ride, and uh, unfortunately, I've had to do lots and lots of work to it, um, a lot more than I expected, um, but uh, she's coming along. Hopefully, we are launched uh, by the 1st of March. And maybe we can even bring um, host some students on the new boat. Yeah, that'd be fun. All right, so you guys, um, you, you've kind of gone through this. Well, Ren, you grew up doing uh, scuba diving, and, and obviously you had a passion for that. Kind of slipped away during college, that sort of thing. And uh, as you came back to it, you got, sort of took on free diving instead. Do you still scuba dive now? Or do you just- um, very seldom. Um, you know, uh, living here in North Carolina, we have some pretty, pretty special places. And, um, you know, they're in the 100-foot range. So, you know, that kind of limits how much exploration you can you can have on a particular reef free diving. Um, now we, you know, we can free dive to a hundred feet, no problem. And, but it's not going to be an extended stay like the scuba gives you. So yeah, we, um, we, we dabble in scuba a bit when we're, when we're off adventuring on a reef and exploring a reef and looking for things and seeing things. We, um, we try not to spearfish on scuba. In fact, we don't spearfish on scuba. We, we do all our spearfishing via the free dive so you guys, you sort of progressed and, and moved into uh, the realm of free diving. And so, Ashley, when you started, was it only free diving for you? Oh, well, this is an interesting question. Um, so when I was in college, there was a scuba class. And I thought, wow, that sounds like an easy A. I'm going to take that. And uh, at the time, I was playing Ultimate Frisbee a lot and... There was a conflict between a tournament and uh, the checkout dives that we were going to go do down in Florida. And I also have to admit that I wasn't a great student in college. So when I realized that I was going to skip the checkout dive to go play Frisbee instead, I never went to take the final exam or anything like that. Failed the class. Fast forward about a year, I meet Ren. He introduces me to his dad for the first time. And his dad says, you look familiar. And I'm totally humiliated I'm like yeah I was in your scuba class and he said oh yeah you're the only person to ever fail my scuba class <laughs> he's been teaching since like 1978 or something so that's how it started and welcome to the I'm, family 
welcome to the family, right? You picked a winner. Anyway, uh, so his dad right away got me into scuba diving because he, he just thought, there's no way you're going to date my son and not be able to scuba dive. I went on two scuba dives my whole life. Since then, since he taught me, when Ren and I first met, I've been on two. But um, the very first dive that I did was a free dive, not a scuba dive. So, yeah, I still only have two under my belt. Wow. <laughs> very cool. Well, you know, if you don't need it, you don't need it. But, um, no, I, I definitely want to to learn free diving. And, and I certainly see it as, as a valuable tool for any scuba diver you know, just for added safety and, and for added enjoyment and, and, you know, extra dives in, in the shallows. Well, for, for the average free diver, I guess that's not going to make it to the depths that you're making at and maybe not have the, the breath holds that you're having. But, you know, I, I do still, I love scuba diving. I don't think I would ever stop scuba diving just because like you said, Ren, when you go down and you're uh, doing wreck diving or something like that, you know, it's, it's nice to get that for the exploration and the extended stay and, and, uh, absolutely sort of thing. So, well, you know, Christian, that, that being said, the, the one scuba dive that I really remember, we were out at uh, Frying Pan Shoals, and it was unreal. I mean, we went down, and, and I saw things that I haven't seen since. I didn't know existed in North Carolina. So it was super cool. I think mostly we're just too lazy to scuba dive because you have to carry that heavy equipment around. And Well, and you're, you're so involved in, in what you when, you, when you are in the water. It's like, you know, it's like I, I always snowboarded. So, you know, when I come to the mountains and I would, I wouldn't want to go skiing because I already knew how to go snowboarding and I didn't want to waste my time and my money trying to ski, you know what I mean? And so it's probably that same kind of thing where it's like, eh, I'm just going to go free diving. You're right. You you made a good point though. It will make you a better scuba diver because you learn uh, breath control so you can serve oxygen or your air a little bit, um, easier and just for the safety aspect and also the water comfort issues. I mean, when you free dive, it's like a crash course in water comfort. So what do you mean by water comfort? Well, um, you know, let's say, for instance, that um, you're doing a scuba dive at 80 feet, and you've just, you've just been blown away with what you've seen. Next thing you know, you take that gulp of air, and there's nothing there for you to take. And instead of uh, freaking out and blowing to the surface, you, you have that water comfort. You say, okay, well, I've been in this situation before. I've been, in fact, I've been, to, I've been in a situation where I've held my be- breath for over three minutes. And, and you know, most people hold their breath over four minutes um, after a class. And, and at that point, all right, I, I can relax and blow and go. Nice and easy, blow and go to the surface. Or look around, at my, look around for my buddy and say, hey, buddy, I'm out of air. And it's not a, it's not, it doesn't, it turns in from, it turns from a panic situation to a situation where, oops, I'm out of air and I'm really not going to stress about it. I've got lots of water comfort. Then I handle the situation a lot better than you would if you didn't have that water comfort. Gotcha. I just hadn't heard that term, you know, but yeah, obviously having a presence of mind and and be able to keep that without a panic. It gives you built-in confidence and turns potentially, you know, emergency situations in scuba into kind of routine situations for free dive. Yeah. And it's just like anything, you've got the proof of possibility, just like we talked about. If you've proven to yourself that you can hold your breath for that long, then you've proven to yourself that you can get out of that situation. So yeah, obviously. Exactly. Very empowering. You know, when people come in, when we, when people come into our courses, they're, they're on average, they're doing, you know, around three minutes, two and a half, three minutes. Some people less when they leave their class, they're doing upwards. They're, they're close to five minutes. Um, and, and, and it doesn't happen that first day. 
it's that second and third day that they realize, hey, I'm okay. Everything's good. I'm going to try to push it a little bit longer. And, and you know, with free diving, you're, well, with, with any kind of diving, you want to make sure that you have a buddy at all times. Um, especially free diving, because at any particular moment, any particular day, you can you can have a blackout situation. So if you have a buddy, you're going to come out of it no problem. If you don't have a buddy, then you have a good chance of when you black out, you're you're going to be face down in the water, and um, that is no bueno. And then of course, an, an added benefit to that is. Anytime you've got a buddy, there's that element of competition and that element of, you know, I am going to push it, like you said, on that second and third day where, you know, it's so easy if you go down and you're holding your breath. And, uh, you know, even if you're not during training, if it's just a couple of guys out there just, you know, doing a shallow spearfishing and it's like uh, you come up and you're like, ah, I'm done. But, you know, if you're pushing yourself and you've got a class around you of people who are, are supporting you then uh, I'm sure that adds a lot more to it, you know, your, your willpower to, to, to stay down there. Oh, yeah. And plus knowing that you're surrounded by some of the best safety that you're ever going to have in your recreational freediving career. I mean, that's super empowering, too, just to know I can push it, not just because I have a physical ability, but because somebody is going to get me if something bad happens. I mean, I'm going to be OK. You don't have any questions in the back of your back of your mind. But, you know, going back to that proof of possibility that you were talking about. Um, when I freed up for the first time in that classroom scenario, this is when I really realized, oh my gosh, I could do anything. Because we were talking about, you know, moving on this boat, blah, 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 blah. But it was still one of these goals that I probably would have talked about forever. I would still be talking about it, like, one day I'm going to re- get on the boat. But the thing that changed it for me, whether it's twofold, one of the things that changed my attitude was free diving because. Yeah, like I said, that's when I realized I could do anything. It's not just your mom or your dad, you know, you hear their voice. You can do anything you want to. It became real. Like, I had no clue how to free dive, and now, holy moly, I don't know how deep I can go. The other thing that that made the possibility real for me is that Ren is a doer. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm more of a talker, it seems. Most of the time, I need a little bit of prodding. And, uh, you know, Ren basically had the boat bought before I even realized we were going to really actually not talk about it and buy it. Well, that, so, can, that can be good or bad, right? That can be. Yeah, it yeah. could be both. <laughs> <laughs> it, it could be trying at times, but it, it provides that extra push. So if you have somebody like that in your, in your life or can incorporate somebody like that in your life, you're likely to do more things that you want to do that you're not, you know, you're just not facilitating yourself 100%. So everybody, find a go-getter, even if it's just a buddy. All right. So we, we've kind of been through uh, where you guys kind of started going and started getting into free diving. And uh, we've, we've sort of jumped ahead to what you guys are doing now um, with free diving. But Really tell us about how you started turning it into a business and, and how, how you're able to start training people and, and you know, how, how it kind of clicked and you just were like, you know what, we, we can really do this. Well, do you want me to take this? Or you want to? Um, yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Um, basically, we took the class and, you know, when we came home, everywhere that we went, we were always talking about freediving. I mean, the con- we dominated every conversation we had with everyone, just blah, 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 freediving this and freediving that. And that's when we kind of realized, you know, maybe we should figure out how to become instructors so we actually know what we're talking about. We have some authority and, 
and um, also make some money at it um, in the meantime. So in 2009, we went and traveled cross-country. We loaded up Ren's dad's truck. We took his truck and drove all the way across country and along the way stopped and saw friends and um, yeah, finished our freedive instructor education out in California. Um, and then we just started instructing kind of for fun, you know, because we still had jobs and... As assistant instructors. Yeah, yeah, we were assisting PFI a lot, and uh, we started doing our basic courses here, though, um, which is just a two-day course, and that was just a weekend gig every now and again through the summer. And that's but, just sort of an intro to freediving, basic breath-holding kind of stuff? or It's our two-day freediver-level course. Um, basically, maxes out at um, four-minute breath-hold and a 20-meter um, or 66-foot freedive. Is and that maxes out to. And that's something you're still offering now. That oh, is. Yeah. That oh. is. Yeah. So we started doing that. And then as we slowly started transitioning into becoming super interested in competition, and what really happened for us was the economy tanked. And when that happened, we stopped getting raises at work. We actually started getting, um, you know, deductions in our, in our paycheck and all of these things and it was kind of like wow we're making money but it's going in one pocket and out the other and um, we're not really building anymore so now is if we ever needed a sign or if we ever needed a nudge now is, is, is that and especially since we had been teaching for a year or so at that point uh, on the side we started being really aggressive about getting the boat and fixing the boat and all of that and we kind of already had this built-in means of uh, economy when we moved onto the boat we could we could teach freediving yeah on the boat you really don't have I mean there's not a whole lot of expenses um, I mean we could we would be really really comfortable with a thousand bucks a month in expenses on the boat um, which is nothing I mean on land you're gonna you're going to drink that in beer a month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you guys mooring the boat? or are you? <clears throat> well, when, we, when, we're, when we're here back in North Carolina, which we come back to North Carolina every 1st of the July. 1st of July, we're, we're back in North Carolina. And we actually put our boat on the dock. It's just kind of the heat is a little bit brutal. So we like to put AC on the boat um, and tie up to a dock. But when we're when we're cruising from October, um, you know, we we would like to be start. We would like to begin our cruising October first November because you know North Carolina is so beautiful that time of year. Why leave? So by November we're cruising and it's kind of chilly enough that you can still. Um, uh, it's not going to cook you out of the. You, you can sleep at night, right? So you know, once we get um, down south, we're always anchored out. So we're always moored out, and the wind. Fortunately, the wind blows right down the the um, the hatch in the bow of the boat, and it, the the breeze just kind of flows right through the through the boat. It's very very pleasant. Yeah, because the the boat always points into the wind. So in the winter months, you're getting those um, prevailing easterlies down in the Caribbean. So you have constant breeze all the time. It's you're right. It's very comfortable. So now you've got your uh, you got your boat. You've, you've started these classes, and uh, now how long have you guys been teaching the classes? When was this that you started? 
2009, we, we started assisting, um, and we've been doing it pretty consistently um, since then. Um, uh, we, are, we are now the top tier instructors uh, through PFI, and all our curriculum is PFI-based curriculum. Well, we're intermediate instructors. Right. There's also advanced instructors. So do you think that moving forward you'll go towards the advanced instructors also, or do you think you'll... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're already, we're already doing some um, advanced training with people down in the Bahamas and, and other places where we, we take people on as kind of projects. For instance, we have a guy right now who every month we give him a training routine. He does this routine. We meet up twice. He lives up in New York, so we meet up twice. We've met once. We're going to meet one more time. And then he's going to try for a record at the Cayman competition this year. So we, we do things like that, and we train people for depth. And actually getting the advanced certification is basically a matter of money more than anything, and time. They only teach it in uh, Hawaii or sometimes in Florida. So. so now you guys have also got some other interesting stuff uh, going on with the uh, waterborne TV, right? Yeah, man. I want to hear about that too. That stuff is awesome. I've seen those uh, laid on my couch watching YouTube, seeing all those videos. They're very, very cool. Hey, great, great. Yeah. Um, so uh, my buddy Go Irimoto and Kirk Croc and our investor Mark Kaiser wanted to do some some uh, artsy, fun artsy underwater free diving base episodes. So uh, we got together for twelve days late this summer and we traveled to Isla Mujeres and dove the cenotes uh, of uh, the Yucatan, Mexico and then went out and dove with the uh, whale sharks, uh, got on a plane um, six days later and flew to uh, the Bahamas, Nassau and did a bunch of diving around some wrecks and shot that first um, episode that you probably saw and um, basically it, it all kind of surrounded or was based kind of went around a, a project that I worked on in 2009 or 2008 called Defending the Vandenberg. I don't know if you've seen that. I think I have. I watched three or four different episodes of The Waterborne, I think. Well, Defending the Vandenberg is uh, is one that we did in 2008. It's basically an um, underwater freediving chase scene on the um, Vandenberg, which is um, a, a wreck off of Key West. So, um, yeah, we had it was just a, a way to... Um, get some fun art out yeah it was very cool and were, so were you involved in that too ashley no <laughs> <laughs> we, we had little i bringing up a sore subject <laughs> yeah <laughs> we had little ani by then so uh i left ren in key west and flew home with her the grandparents were really chomping at the bit and uh it's just not the, the schedule that they were running and having to be in the water for that many hours all the time, it's not conducive to having an infant around because somebody has to watch the baby. Hey, so. I know all about it. I've got a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. So we've wow. been through that. Yeah, you're there. Are they a boy and a girl, two boys, two, two girls? Two boys. And actually, my uh, my oldest son, Noah, he got certified when he was 10. And uh, I was it was really cool. I was able to help in the pool and, you know, and all that. And we went down to Florida. Uh, to the Florida Springs and, and all that. So that was uh, very cool to get him into it. And my wife. Just need one more to get certified, and it'll cost me four times as much to go diving as it used to. <laughs> <laughs> so what you need to do is uh, you need to bring all those guys down to Wilmington, 
um, next summer, and we need to put on a little family course for you guys, and then you don't have to bring all that gear. For sure. Yeah, and and so like for you guys that are listening to this, they live in my hometown of Wilmington, North Carolina, is where I grew up, spent all my time. Uh, we probably crossed paths at some point in time, but um, but we have mutual friends, and so it's really cool to be interviewing somebody from my hometown, and uh, so so definitely glad to have you guys on and, and get to meet you. Yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you, what was your favorite Waterborne episode? You don't have to pick Ren's episode. Well, it was the one, um, and it, it may have been the Vandenberg chase scene that you were talking about. Although, I don't know, there was another one that was in, I think it was Freshwater, where there was a, like a log. He was like going down, walking on a log. So which one? Did you like the chase scene? The, the, I, I don't know which one was which, but okay. there was so, one that I watched that was, obviously it was on a shipwreck, and I yeah. remember there yeah. was a, it was like a fight scene. And there was a jump up to uh, like the top of a pole and then off of that. And, you know, there was like a punch and a big dramatic like fallback. And yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. And then there was another one where uh, the the girl was going down and she was tied. And it was like this whole mental, you know, like I can get out of this, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that one was really cool, too. Yeah. Great. So you mentioned the two that Ren aren't in, <laughs> Christian. Sweet. <laughs> I knew I could do it. So yeah, I, you had it. I'll have to go back and watch the rest of them. But so, so tell me about the, how many, what are there, like four or five of them? There's, uh, there's only three episodes. Okay. Um, uh, we're, we're planning on shooting uh, new episodes this spring. Um, not really, don't really have the schedule or anything yet, but um, that's, that's kind of, um, that's kind of what's going on. So that's pretty sweet. Three episodes and I picked the two that you're not in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so moving forward, do you think are, you're going to be doing more of those episodes? Do you have other plans to do any other kind of like media stuff, or or what's what's the plans for the future? Your your website is awesome. I love your website, by the way. Your Evolve website. Hey, thank you. Our um, a student of ours, Oliver Haroon, did that website for us. He did a good job. Yeah, it looks great. Um, um uh, you know what? No, there aren't any plans, even though, um, you know, Ashley and I do fun videos ourselves and I, I really, uh, we, uh, you know, here in Wilmington, we have a, um, we have a film festival, uh, put on by my buddy Dan Brawley, who, is, uh, and the film festival is called Kukaloris. And I've been really wanting to do some kind of short, some kind of um, fun, interesting short. Um, obviously, in the in the ocean because that's what we do. But uh, yeah, who knows? We we've got ideas, just not sure what. Well, that that being said, if there's anyone out there listening that wants to invest in Waterborne. <laughs> They're always looking for money to go to these cool places and do this cool art. You never know. And so you guys have got the friends that have all the equipment to do the production and everything. You just need somebody with some money to make it happen, right? Absolutely. Yeah, basically. Um, so, all right, tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and, and, and exactly, um, you know, basically what your courses are about, what they can expect, you know, just a brief, um, you know, whatever you want to tell them about, about coming there and, and seeing you guys and, and evolve free diving and becoming a free diver. Okay. Well, um, the cool thing about evolve free diving is that we offer courses throughout the Caribbean. So we offer 
you know, it, you tie it into a family vacation. You make it a whole destination experience, which is really neat. In the summer, we're here in North Carolina, but in the winter and spring, we're out out and about. So this year, you know, we're offering courses in uh, Grand Cayman. We're offering courses in Roatan. We're offering courses in the Florida Keys. So it's really cool. And then what you can do is you can select a few different options. One option is the two-day freediver level course, which teaches, which teaches you everything you need to know about safety. Our primary, you know, getting depth is really awesome for the students and for us. But the primary concern and responsibility of ours is teaching people how to be safe. Because freediving is really potentially dangerous. If you do it the proper way, it's no problem at all. As a matter of fact, scuba diving seems way more dangerous to me than freediving, but not for everybody because not everybody employs the proper safety measures. So we really want to drive home safety and then we talk about technique and then performance comes if you do the other, the other two. So in the two-day course, you learn all you need to know about safety. You learn basic uh, physics. You learn all the breathing routines that you need to freedive. And that's um, maxing out at 66 feet, 20 meters. Then the four-day class, the intermediate class, maxes out at 132 feet, 40 meters. Uh, we do a couple of breath holds in that class. Uh, and people have an opportunity to go to the five, around the five-minute mark or, or even further. But then we really dive into the physiology of freediving. We get much more into physics and physiology and really just describe some of the functions of you know, the body and how it relates to freediving. And that's really powerful information because now you know why it feels like you have to breathe. Why are you getting the urge to breathe? How long can you go past that urge to breathe? Is it safe? You know, all of those physiological things. You so know, I'm sure your body's response to the mammalian reflex and all that sort of thing. And Yep. We cover all of that stuff. And uh, the best way to kind of look more into the classes or figure out where we are is on our website, evolvefreediving.com. And actually after this, Ren's assignment is to update the website with the new classes because we have a few new classes that we're adding, so it's not complete right now. Um, but yeah, the website or, or the phone number is on the website. We're always, always up for answering emails or phone calls about anything freedive related, basically. Awesome. And so um, if we want to come down and sign up for the class, what should we expect monetarily uh, for uh, like the beginner's course to cost? That's a good question. The beginners, the freediver level course is $350. Um, we would just require a half down payment. Anyway, it's $350 for the two-day class. That In North Carolina, we have to take a boat quite far. We take it 18 miles, so it does not include the boat fee. Out in the Caribbean, uh, it's a little bit different. Some of the places that we teach, we don't have to use a boat, so the co the cost of the class really is just three fifty without that additional fee. The intermediate class is seven fifty, and it's the same thing. In North Carolina, we are uh, utilizing a boat to take us quite far, so there's an extra cost involved for the boat fee, but not only in places where that's applicable. So, yeah, and so you've got to get out far enough to get to the depth uh, that you need, right? That's correct. That's right. We, we, we make it a lot of fun here in North Carolina because, uh, you know, we dove all these wrecks around here. So we, what we do is we, um, there's, uh, 
there's some wrecks about uh, 18 miles off the beach in about 80 feet of water. And for our free-diver level class, we'll basically set up there um, next to these wrecks. And our rig just free floats in the ocean. But when we get done, we actually pull the rig up on deck and the dive uh, charter takes us to the wrecks and we get the free dive with the with the sand tiger sharks and everybody's just really having fun. So you guys should probably go into the hide and the Markham and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly where we go. The best place to see the most sand tigers. Yeah. <laughs> and people want to dive with sharks, man. When they learn how to dive to 66 feet and then they're cruising to 40 or 50 to hit the deck of those wrecks and see all these sharks, that's unforgettable. I love the hide. My first dive on the hide was, well, my first ocean dive uh, period was on the hide and there was probably six or eight sand tigers out there and one bull. You know, I mean, I grew up in the ocean. I, I surfed all the time and I can remember somebody, a friend of mine being on the pier and going, there's a shark. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, they hadn't bit me yet. You know, once you start diving in your, in the ocean and you're like, I love sharks. And, uh, but still that very first time it's, it, it'll make your heart skip. Yeah. Well, it's terrifying in the beginning, but then you, in the surf, I'm it's still a little terrifying, the sharks. Yeah, I'm more afraid now of being in the surf with sharks than I am with being underwater. Absolutely. But, you know, when you, when you roll over and, like, you can just about reach up and rub this, you know, seven-foot sand tiger's belly, and you're kind of like, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a story, Christian. You'll like this. Uh, so um, I was on a scuba dive, and uh, visibility wasn't that great. It was maybe 15 feet. It was at a wreck just to the just off of Topsail Beach. Actually, it was a good ways off top. It's 16 miles off Topsail Beach, artificial reef. And uh, I was on a scuba dive, and um, I was going around the bow of this uh, this barge is what's out there. So um, anyway, I went on this scuba dive, and and visibility, like I said, the visibility wasn't great. So I kind of went around the bow of this this barge, and as I went around this barge, this this weight, this sinker hit me in the head and I looked up and it's attached to this sand tiger shark right over my head which was pretty uh pretty scary because I had no idea he was there and to have this uh lead weight uh which is off of a piece of monofilament hit me in the head and it's hooked to the shark was pretty uh pretty awakening yeah I thought you were going to say someone was fishing and, and hit you. you know. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, awesome. I mean, it sounds like you guys have a ton of fun. You're making it happen. You, you've, uh, you, you're living your life based around free diving, being in the ocean and sharing, most importantly, sharing that with others and uh, getting, getting to have that excitement of sharing that with others. And, uh, and you're able to sustain yourselves with it. So it's, it's great to hear that. It's awesome to hear your story, guys. And uh, congratulations to both of you on all that you've done. Uh, definitely great to meet you guys. And uh, we definitely appreciate you being on here and sharing your story with us. And uh, I sure hope that you guys listening out there will contact them and, and think about becoming a free diver. And even if you think it may not be something you want to pursue as they have, just as, as any scuba diver, it's going to make us better. So worth checking it out. Hey, Christian, thanks for the opportunity. And you should get up with us, too. So next time you're in town, we can um, hook up and get in the water. Yeah, I definitely will. And if nothing else, I mean, we can go out to lunch or something when I'm down there. Because I go down there, you know, at least twice twice in the summer. My I still have, my father still lives there. And I've still got lots of friends there and everything, too. So, so we make it down a couple times a year. We, we miss the ocean a lot. So who knows? Maybe we'll move back one day. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys have a great day and good luck with everything. And uh, I'll put show notes here on the podcast. And so they'll, we'll put links to all your, your Facebook and, you know, if you've got Twitter or anything like that, all, all your social stuff, we'll put links into your website, of course. Hey, Christian. Thanks a lot, man. All thanks. right. 
Thank you, guys. Good luck, good luck with the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Scuba Path Podcast. As always, you can go to scubapath.com for all of today's show notes and resources and to find out how you can connect with Christian and today's guest. We look forward to having you back again next time. Goodbye.